Hello everybody, good morning and welcome to another service from SBC. I'm glad that you've found us on our YouTube channel and I pray that this morning will be a blessing to you. I pray that it will be helpful uh, and encouragement and something that you've uh, found worthy of your time as you've looked at it. We've got the opportunity to sing uh, some songs together, uh, an all-age talk that we normally have reading and then we'll look together at the next part of 1 Peter that we're doing in our series. I hope that that went well in your life group this week. I hope that's been an encouragement to you. You've been able to pull out some of the things that have been in the sermons that we've been thinking about. Please do make notes and things if that's what you do and then you can take that with you into your life groups. Um, so yeah, praying that this would really be used by God would be a, a good series for us uh, and an opportunity for us to look together at his word. It's life groups again this week and then after that it's the week after it's a church members meeting so if you're a church member hopefully you receive notice of that we're going to be thinking about some different things in that so please do come along this afternoon is a communion service so if you're coming along this afternoon please do and please remember to bring your bread and wine so at the appropriate time we can share that together and just think again on the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ we look forward to doing that. I'm going to pray but before that I'm just going to read a a verse from the Old Testament, just to focus our minds, a psalm, Psalm 127, just that first verse. Uh, think about that and then pray and then head into the service. I've also put just a couple of um, spot the differences for any kids that are watching. So if you want to uh, look at the beginning of the sermon at least and see what the differences are, then please do that. Okay, Psalm 127 says this, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labour in vain. I think Peter picks that up for us. In this particular section that we're looking at later today so let's pray before we do that shall we father we thank you for your goodness to us we thank you that you're keeping us safe protecting us helping us um, we thank you for those in our midst who have had the vaccine and we pray you continue to help us to uh, overcome this pandemic and to start to move forward we pray that during these difficult times that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on jesus we pray that you'd help us to see that he's the chief cornerstone we pray that you would help us to build our lives upon him uh, and recognise that you uh, are able to use us as living stones to be um, part of your spiritual house. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are building the house and we're part of it. And we pray that that would be a, a point to rejoice over by the time we've finished this service. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. God bless and I'll see you soon. One Peter chapter two verses four to ten. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, "See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious stone." and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now, to you who believe, this stone is precious, but to those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and a stone that causes people to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are 
the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So how are you doing? How's it going? Are you vaccinated yet? Have you had your first vaccine? Um, some of you I know have, which is really encouraging, isn't it? It means that we've got a um, hopefully a route out of this particular pandemic, uh, but it can still be tough, can't it? I know I've said before, but I do think we're at the, the lowest point. You know, if we were there and we'll sort of be coming down, I do think we're in that lowest point, January, February of this year. Of course, I don't know. I mean, it could it could all go like that, but I'm feeling that there's this sense of there's, there's a movement upwards if these vaccines start to take hold and people start to uh, be able to, uh, well, not catch the disease effectively, not catch coronavirus. That would be a real encouragement, wouldn't it? That's what we're thinking. So if that is the case, then this is the hardest time right now, right in the January, February, the, well, nearly the second week in February already, we're, we're in that sort of lowest point. Uh, and it's worth remembering that, isn't it? Um, because if we're struggling, if it's tough, it's a challenge as it is often not being able to get out and do the things that we want to do. Uh, then we can we can have that thought you know last summer certainly was a lot better than what we're going through now and hopefully as we move towards spring things are going to uh, improve as well peter has been writing to encourage us we'll look to that in his first chapter uh, and a bit he's been writing to encourage us that the, the people that are living in exile they, those that the, whose home is in heaven uh, but are but are here on earth and seeking to be the people that God wants them to be. Peter's writing to say, you know, there's, there's reasons to rejoice. We looked at that, didn't we, in the first week. There's a reason that we go through difficulties, trials. We looked at that as well. And then he moved on last week, these two biblical themes, holiness and love, are really, really important um, for us as things that we need to make a priority in our lives. They're not just um, things that um, are optional. They're... they're um, they're more than that. I can't think of the word. Uh, they're vital. That's the word. They're vital for us as Christians. We're set apart by God so the, to be those people who love. Now, what he does in this, continuing in chapter two, is he, he uses this theme of a spiritual house to show us that bigger picture. Now, I'm just trying to explain the bigger picture of the pandemic. Not that I'm a scientist or anything like that, but I think we're here and we need to, we need to step back, don't we, and think, well, okay, this is going to be the hardest part, most probably. If we know that, we're sort of we can we can attack it we can think okay i've just i've got to get through it we've got to move we've got to survive whatever it is and the same thing here peter paints this this bigger picture that we can see so we can understand what it is that god's doing in our life why holiness and love are so important why we need to take those reasons for rejoicing why we need to realize we will go through difficulties and struggles in those trials and he takes these big uh, themes again from the Old Testament and starts to apply them through Christ into the New Testament and into our lives. That's what Peter does here, using this this main theme, this this um, vital theme. If, again, if you like, of this spiritual house, we are being built into a spiritual house, and we need to recognise that, and we need to know that. So you could say that this morning's sermon is all about building. We can't get anywhere near ours, most of us, and we can't go in it and we can't meet. But Peter is talking about a building, but it's not a, a, a structural building in that sense. It's a, a living building. And I love this, the way that Peter uses this and fulfills these Old Testament themes through Christ, showing us it's a living building. Brilliant, isn't it? He takes these themes of temple, priesthood, 
sacrifice cornerstone and shows how in Christ they become alive they become more real um, that you know what they did in the Old Testament is is a picture uh, and, and, and it pushes through as we push these things in the Old Testament through Christ and we see him as the fulfillment of these things then it it looks differently in our lives so we're called priests and yet we don't have to kill animals thankfully <laughs> that would be pointless because the sacrifice the ultimate sacrifice has already been done doesn't mean that we don't sacrifice we'll think about that as we get towards the end we do we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Christ the ultimate sacrifice so you see how Peter takes these these themes in this particular chapter and wraps them around this idea of this spiritual house to help us and encourage us to keep going so do keep going won't you it all comes together in verses 9 and 10 when he, he, he brings these, the, these themes in so let's look at it I've just got two points and then I really want to try and think about the application this morning so two points um, the first one is we're being built into a spiritual house and the second one is that Christ is the cornerstone of that house. So those two things, it's not rocket science, but it is um, just what Peter pulls out here. So that's what we're going to be thinking about. First one, we're being built into a spiritual house. We saw, didn't we, Psalm 127, as I read it earlier. If the, unless the Lord builds the house, the labourers labour in vain. Well, guess what? God is building a house and you're part of it. He wants you as part of it. If you're trusting in Christ, if you know him, then he's using you effectively as one of the bricks that he puts in place, in the right place. That's a great thought, isn't it? That God is using us for a bigger purpose. Now, Jesus here is first likened to a living stone, verse 4. Later, he is the cornerstone. I mean, really, the, the key point of the passage is that Jesus is the cornerstone. And I think that's what Peter wants to get to. But there's, there's one thing missing when you talk about cornerstone. It, 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 it provides images in your mind, doesn't it? So you think of things like strength and stability and foundation and solidness. All true, all great, all make sense in the later verses. That's what we want. We want someone who is strong, dependable, foundational. We want to build on him, on Christ, the cornerstone. But there's one thing that cornerstone doesn't convey, and that is living. We don't think of a cornerstone as being alive, do we? So the first thing that Peter does, he says that we come to him, the living stone. It doesn't convey life in cornerstone, but living stone does, we see. He reminds us that this cornerstone is a living stone. It's Christ. It's a person that we build our lives on, who is the foundation. Not just an idea, not just a thing. We come to a person, and a living person at that, not some dead idealist, not somebody maybe who had some good ideas that has taken a few centuries to catch on. A living person. Because as he's already said before about the resurrection from the dead, he reminds us here that he was indeed rejected by humans, but, crucially, chosen by God. Rejection by humans doesn't mean that you are wrong. Jesus was rejected by humans, but he was chosen by God. He is so important, isn't he? So important. He, he changes everything. We see it in the Old Testament images. He changes what they are. We see now that they pointed to something. They weren't an ending of themselves. 
they pointed through so that when Christ came, he was able to take those themes and fulfill them. So they mean something different now in our lives. How we relate to God is through Christ. We're changed because we become living stones. Stones in the builder's hand. And it's really important that we understand this. <laughs> Peter's not saying we become cold and hard and immovable and impenetrable. Now, you may know some people who you think, you know, that's what they think this verse means. Hopefully not in our church. But that's not what it means, is it? It doesn't mean that doesn't mean those negative connotations that we have with a stone. The point is that Jesus is the cornerstone, the strength, but he's also a living stone. And we become living stones. In God's hands, we're being built into a spiritual house. He puts us together as a group. That is the point, isn't it? And we become the temple, the place where God dwells. I love that song we, we had earlier, brick after brick. Well, I'm hoping it's early. I haven't quite done the order yet. So if uh, if it hasn't come up, it'll come up afterwards. <laughs> brick after brick. God used to dwell in a house among his people, but now he has a home that's better than the first. It doesn't look like a building with a steeple. Now he's living in the people of the church. Brick after brick, God is building his temple. Brick after brick, he is making it strong. With Christ as your foundation and his people as the stones, he is building a place where you can live brick after brick. You see, we're, we're, we're living stones in the hands of the master builder. What a great place to be. No safer place to be than in those hands. God puts us into his temple, the place where he lives. He comes and lives in us and he lives among us as his people come together, which is why it's so hard when well, we can't, isn't it? I was thinking the other day in our life group how wonderful it is just to, to meet together and sing his praises. And, and we look forward to that. We long for that. You know, even if we're meeting in the building, we couldn't do that at the minute. You're still not allowed to sing, got to wear masks. So we did, but there will be a time. I mean, what a time that'll be when we meet back together and we lift up his name and we, we know that we're living stones rubbing alongside other living stones. So that's the first thing that God is building us into this spiritual house a place where he can dwell a place where he can shine from and reach out to the rest of the world that was the point of the old testament temple and that's the point of us in the new secondly we see that the foundation of the house is christ the cornerstone this is the main point really that christ is the foundation he's the one that we need to build our lives on and peter shows us why it's worth building our lives on him he is worthy as the chief cornerstone why? Because he's God's cornerstone. He's the one that is provided by God. This was promised again in the Old Testament. Isaiah 28, 16 picks up this verse. See, sorry, so this is what the Sovereign Lord says. See, I lay a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for a sure foundation. The one who relies on it will never be stricken with panic. Now, Peter doesn't quote verbatim. The last few words are a little bit different, but they, they mean the same thing, ultimately. They point to the same thing. It's the main message of Isaiah, which is this. Those who trust in the Lord will escape judgment, won't be panic-stricken, won't be put to shame. Same thing, really. We can rely on God to keep us. That's the point. Then, again, to encourage those exiles, what Peter does is, is show these 
these two different options, if you like, two different routes, I don't know what you want to call it, but there's one where Christ is the cornerstone, and there's the one where Christ as the cornerstone makes people stumble. In other words, it's all about Christ. He is important. And we either need to come before him and build our lives on him, or we will stumble over him. That's what's going to happen. That's what Peter says here. So he, he talks about these two. Those who don't trust him stumble on him. Those who do trust him are chosen, belong to God and declare his praise. And we see it in verses 7 and 8. He, he quotes again from the Old Testament, Psalm 118, Isaiah chapter 8, which show that Jesus is not just a good idea. This, this cornerstone, this, this foundation is not just a good idea for some. And that's what we get today, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's good for you. I mean, I'm going to live my life this way. But living your life that way means you're going to stumble over the cornerstone. That's the reality. That's what Peter's saying. You know, it doesn't matter what we do. You know, if, if that's nice for you and that works for you, then that's great. But it doesn't work for me. Peter's saying that's not really an option. Jesus is the cornerstone. If we don't build our lives on him, we'll stumble over him he is the one by which we will be judged if we fall on him and trust in him we will be saved but if not there is no other way of being saved you know peter uses this verse again in his speech to the sanhedrin in acts chapter 4 you may remember us before then talking about this chief cornerstone being rejected and he goes on in verse 12 and this is what he says in verse 12 to the sanhedrin he says salvation is found in no one else there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. It's through Jesus. God has provided the way of salvation. And that way is Jesus. He's not one among many. He is the way. The only way. And I know that's not popular. I know that people don't like it. But we have to try and help people to understand that's still the case. That they need to build their lives on him. On the chief cornerstone. Otherwise... They will stumble. And they stumble. We see here in verse 8, they stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. You know, even in spurning and rejecting God, people cannot change his will. Now, we can't fully understand these things, can we? But they remind us that God is completely in control. And that if we humble ourselves before him, we have nothing to fear. The flip side, the second side, those who, who do build their lives on Christ as the cornerstone, we see here are those who belong to him and declare his praise, which is filled out for us in verses 9 and 10. These words echo what God calls the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 19 and 5 and 6. We see the, the purposes of God for his people truly fulfilled. In Christ through Christ and you see how Peter takes these huge biblical themes and applies them to us through Christ when we read the Old Testament do you get this when you read the Old Testament you just think there's always something lacking you know whether it's a, a failure or something more needed this is just that sense of Nearly there, I mean, I guess in Solomon it comes out the, the best when you, you know, it looks like 1 Kings 10 that everything's as it should be and then pff, 
it all falls apart again. Or we looked at um, Nehemiah, didn't we, on the church weekend, and, and everything builds and builds, and they get the wall, and they have the big praise party, and everything's going great, but then in chapter 13, it's all gone pear-shaped again. There's that sense of, as good as all this is, it's not enough. That's what we get as we read the Old Testament. As good as all of it is, it's not enough. We need something more. It's not until we get to Christ that we get that something more. We get God's solution. Themes like temple, priesthood, sacrifices make sense in him. Remember chapter 1 verses 10 to 12? Peter said, you know, the prophets longed to look into these things. The angels longed to look into these things. There was this sense that God was going to do something more and they knew he was going to do something more. And they knew a lot of what he was going to do, but they, you know, they just thought if I could see that in that day. And you get to Simeon in Luke 2 who sees what God is doing and he's over the moon, isn't he? Thrilled. Something more. God has done that something more. We know that. We live in the light of what he's done in the light of Christ. Build your life on him, he's worthy, he's strong enough to take the load and he will protect you. He is the cornerstone, the foundation of your life. Keep building on him. So us as living stones are built on the living cornerstone. Well, Peter's trying to help them understand and see. Those living stones, we become the priesthood, the holy priesthood, the royal priesthood. We offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable through Christ. So how does it feel to know that you're in the hands of God? To know that you're a living stone and he's building you, along with your other brothers and sisters in Christ, into a spiritual house, a place where he can dwell fills you with his spirit so that you can minister you're a priest but you're not alone you're part of that priesthood you have a part to play and you offer spiritual sacrifices you know let's think about that shall we what what does that look like for us today if we're not going to a certain place and getting out a knife and having to kill animals and shed blood. But what does it mean? Because we don't have to do that, thankfully. What does it mean? What does it look like? Well, you know, as you give sacrificially to be on that Zoom call on a Friday evening after a really long week at work, you're offering the spiritual sacrifice. As you come on a Sunday afternoon to the prayer meeting when you really don't feel like it, you're offering a spiritual sacrifice you continue to to phone people so they can continue to feel connected through these difficult and struggling times you're offering a spiritual sacrifice as you seek to do your job well even though it seems to have changed completely and you've had so many things to learn over this last year but you've done it not just because you want to get a waging but because you know that you want to honor christ you are offering a spiritual sacrifice as you pray for opportunities to share your faith when you know you're hardly seeing anybody you are offering a spiritual sacrifice as you figure out 
ways to live in the home when it hasn't been like this before, this many people or this lack of people, whichever way around it may be. But you're figuring it out and you're working through it and you're talking about it and you're praying about it because you know that it's important to honour Christ in the family home. It's a spiritual sacrifice. As you stand in the face of temptation and maybe facing some temptations that you haven't faced either before or for a long time, but you are standing because you know that Christ is worth it and your life is built on him, you are offering a spiritual sacrifice. As you go above and beyond, because you love him, you're offering a spiritual sacrifice. And this may be the hardest one of all, as you sit down <laughs> at home, because you can't do the things that you want to do. You can't help the people that you want to help. You can't get out there and be the person that you think God wants you to be because of this lockdown so you're staying at home and obeying the government because you see the bigger picture and you know that that's important you're offering a spiritual sacrifice do you get it do you get it you see these spiritual sacrifices are offered and are acceptable through christ it's when he comes first and we say to ourselves, I can't do that or I'm not going to do that. That we offer a spiritual sacrifice. You could maybe think of your own list and think about what it looks like. When those decisions are not for selfish reasons, but because your life is built on the cornerstone of Christ and you know that you're being built into a spiritual house, you're offering spiritual sacrifices as his priesthood. And you know, you may not know you're doing it at times. And that's a good thing. <laughs> you may, it may be almost natural to you, if you like. I don't know if you've been watching the cricket. First time it's been back on terrestrial TV for about 15 years or something, I think it is. Um, it's been on Channel 4. I was listening to it a little bit on Friday morning, just trying to figure out what was going on. And Joe Root, the England captain, got a century. And I love the way that the commentators talked about him. I mean, often when someone gets a century, it's like, oh, you know, he's great and he's done this. But it just, they just said this. Um, I've written it down, so i try and get it right. It, it said, um, he's so natural, he's playing so effortlessly, effortlessly, like he doesn't even need to think about it. That's how it came across. I think it was Michael Vaughan was saying that of Joe Roots. Like he doesn't even need to think about it. He just, he just knows how to hit the ball, when to hit it. But of course, he's had hours and hours and hours of practice. And we could be offering those spiritual sacrifices without thinking about it sometimes. Because we've done it and done it and done it. So be encouraged by that. Doesn't mean we never need to think about it. Doesn't mean it's not going to get hard again. You know, Joe Root could be out for a duck next innings. I don't know. But there's a time when we get, we, we've learned to do these things and we're doing them. And we're doing them because we love Jesus and because we know that he is the cornerstone of our lives. He is the important one. We are being built into a spiritual house. What a wonderful picture. Together. God takes us as living stones and he brings us together. In Staplefoot he's brought us lot together. And if you're watching this and you're somewhere else, um, part of the fellowship there, he's brought you together. 
So those living stones being built into that spiritual house with Christ, the most important part of the whole thing, as the cornerstone. We seek to continue to live our lives because of him and build on him. We're a priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices. We've received mercy from God. What a wonderful way of ending this passage. We've received his mercy. It's because of his mercy. That's all it is. Not all, as in, um, well, I'm, I'm not going to go down that route. But that, that's all it is. It's, it's God's mercy to us. So keep building. Keep knowing that you are being built into a spiritual house with Christ, the living cornerstone, as the one that we look to and the one that we build our lives on. We're going to sing, we're going to sing a song uh, which hopefully brings all of these things in. Uh, it's a great song, it's an old song. Rob's done it for us though. Thank you, Rob, for all that you do. We really do appreciate it. Uh, it's great to be able to, um, to, to taste what it will be like when we get back as we sing these songs. We're going to sing How Firm a Foundation, because that's really what Peter's saying. Jesus is the foundation. He's the cornerstone on which we build our lives. So let's sing that together, and then we'll have an opportunity to pray. God bless, and see you soon. <laughs>